0: to Inspire from Tharstern, the podcast that talks about all the different ways you can help your print business lead the way. In each episode, we'll cover a range of topics such as the latest and greatest technologies for printers, industry trends, and knowledge that can help you run your business faster and smarter. So here we go.
1: Hello, and welcome to uh, today's episode of the Inspire podcast. Uh, I'm really pleased to be joined here today by uh, Aaron Hartley, who is uh, the Print and Mail Services Manager at Delt Shared Services. Um, uh, so, so thanks for joining me today, Aaron. Thank you, Ross. Um, so I'm look- really looking forward to talking to you today. Um, uh, one, uh, after uh, you keep on popping up in my in my LinkedIn profile, uh, in the in newsfeed and, and reading a couple of your, your articles that you've wrote there about um, about your life in the public sector and uh, how your journey of going from public sector to to, to a shared service, uh, and, and ha- that that journey sounds uh, fascinating. And I thought it would be really good um, to have a conversation with Aaron um, about. Um, uh, print uh, print plants within the public sector because um, we have quite a few customers in in, in that area and and you know uh, I think life can be different in in, in that sector um, and so we thought it'd be great to 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 talk about your experience of that and the journey you've been on um, uh, uh, and for you know thinking about how um, how you can operate that that unit and and where technology comes into it, and, and how you can sustain growth. Um, so shall we start from the beginning? Uh, and you know, if you tell us a little bit about yourself, Aaron, um, uh, you know, what, yeah, sure.
2: what it is you do? Um, I manage uh, a fairly small print room uh, in Plymouth for a company called Doubt Shed Services. Uh, okay. Dell are a shared service for several shareholders. Uh, we we have all of our shareholders are public sector. Uh, we we have Plymouth City Council on board, and also um, a clinical commissioning group, part of the NHS. They're our main shareholders. Uh, we're onboarding several more at the moment. I can't name them, obviously, but they're they're all public sector based. Um, I started in my profession in 2004. Um, Weirdly, when Tharston was actually being installed in the business that I work in now. So we've had a a long relationship with Tharston. I started at the bottom. I came in with no experience at all as a temporary worker, uh, just to cover someone that was off on long-term sick. For some reason, I just stuck around. Um, I've done every job in the in the business, from administration to operative to courier to a mail assistant, and eventually I was offered the manager post um, that was about eight years ago um, so it's been quite a journey for me and it, it's been really good fun, and I think mm. starting from the bottom is really valuable because you do you get a you get a grip on every part of the business, so I think that's why I find really my role quite quite easy i also work with a team that i've been around for as long as i have so yeah we've we've got two people that weren't there when i started but out of a team of seven five of us have been there since oh it must be 20 25 years most of us have been yeah yeah so it's not it's sometimes it's difficult to manage the business but generally most of the staff are they're so established that uh
1: it's quite simple okay okay um, and what I'm, is quite interesting as well is that over over the years um you know i've I've seen uh sadly seen a lot of print plants within the public sectors um disappear where, where councils have decided to shut their units down and, and outsource them uh that that work or or, or whatever but obviously that's been a very different story for, for, for you guys um and uh, made me think, you know, what what, what challenges do does an implant um, face compared to a a, a a commercial printer?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to the first point, uh, yeah, there are a lot of implants closing down, or at worst, just reducing down to almost nothing and just fizzling out, which is yeah. a real shame because they mm. offer they offer something that the commercial world can't offer. Um, in our in our case, we were fizzling out. We were reduced from 38 staff down to, I think it was seven, at the point where Plymouth City Council, who were our previous employers, decided what do we do? Delt Shared Services were already providing them with IT services. Um so they basically floated the idea: do you want to transfer to Delt? And uh, obviously we took that away. The decision was really quick from the staff. We all agreed it was a great idea um, and it kept the place open. Dell offered us investment where we couldn't have received that investment previously. Mm-hmm. Accounts was a huge, massive monster of an organization and a print company is very low down on their priorities, which is acceptable and that's fine. Um, and I think there was the senior management at Plymouth really made a great decision in just transferring us over to DELT because it's allowed them to keep an implant. We're reliable. We offer them a concrete service constantly. And we also were able to commercialize now and create profit for that shareholder. Mm. And the, the different challenges, obviously, with an implant, you're, you're in an organization, you're part of that organisation. You're not a separate entity, and you're at the beck and call, really, of of the senior management there. If they, you know, if they need something, they need it now. Whereas, you know, in a commercial business, that's not always the case. We became commercial about three years before we transferred to Dell. and okay. the main issue was is we would have a commercial job in, but that would be that would be put on a back burner. Uh, just to do this other job for a, a senior director, um, and that was causing quite a lot of conflict. Um, the move to Dell, we've kind of we've expanded a bit, so we've got better machinery, we've got faster machinery, we've got more machinery, and we've grown in terms of staff, so we can offer now both the commercial fast turnaround and the implant fast turnaround.:
1: Yeah. So so you, you 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 you've got the it sounds almost like you've got the best of both worlds there.
2: <laughs> yeah it is um, we've got the security of quite a long long contract with our with our shareholder. Um, yeah. they own us as well so it's it's in their interest to see us succeed. So that that's quite it. and the relationship's remained very similar. We've not moved premises. Okay. Uh, we just essentially moved employers we TP'd over in 2018. Mm. Um, the spirit of the place is still the same the dedication of the staff is still the same Yeah, uh, they're familiar with our business they're confident that we can provide a service and it's a long established service I think it's about 40 years old it's a bit before my time but yeah. it's about that old so it's, it's established um, the difference really a lot of people look at implants and commercial printers as two completely separate things but they aren't mm. Mm. I don't think there's an implant in the country now that isn't involved in the commercial area as well. Yeah. Mainly because the, the the need for an implant to produce volumes and volumes of print has yeah. gone. So to fill that gap, most implants have commercialized in various different ways. Uh, yeah. We, I would say, forty percent of our turnover is commercial,
1: right? And
2: the 60% of our what you would call non-commercial work we treat commercially as well because mm-hmm. we do recharge for that yeah and we we need to compete on a commercial basis just to keep mm-hmm. quality up uh value for money up so it is although it's different it is very similar
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, at the end of the day, that the, the the services that you provide, the, the equipment that you use, <laughs> is the same as a as a commercial printer. I think it's always just maybe been, you um, know, it, it's that perception of it's an implant, and and your 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 customer base is is restricted to a certain, you know within that organization that they're all your in, internal customers as such. Whereas now, I guess you've got that ability that you've got, you can step outside of that customer base and start tapping into, into other uh, streams of income. And, and I, I do yeah. wonder as well, Aaron, yeah. whether it, you, you made an interesting comment there that it, it, almost every print plant uh, implant that you know of now has an element of, of, of commercial and and so is it is that what what has been the key to making or part of the key to making them stay sustainable to is it the ones that didn't take that approach has that been their demise possibly
2: it would be yeah um the, what I've witnessed in the public sector is you get a lot of salami slicing so when income okay. and turnover reduces over the years, essentially they'll salami slice the service down. Yeah. They get to a point where it's so small, if there is any possibility of expansion, that that isn't possible without mm. a bigger
1: investment. Yeah. It's, the, it, it's financial pressures that they face. That, that, it that, is. It causes it to soil waste. Yeah,
2: and I mean, the internal relationships that you have with... With your customer base, when you are just purely an implant, that's changed from when I joined in 2004, where you had a turnaround time for any job of six weeks, it was written in stone. That relationship for an implants changed as well, because your internal customers expect the same level of turnaround time, same level of quality that they would get from a commercial printer. So I've seen that it's very similar. It's just a different business model now. Mm-hmm. The ethos mm-hmm. is the same. It does yeah. surprise. We do a lot of business-to-business work in Plymouth. We're quite geographically isolated, so um, the business-to-business relationships we have are really close. Everybody knows everybody else, and yeah. whenever any of our B2B customers come in, they're always surprised at how we operate because it's exactly the way that they operate.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, And and I guess... Uh, the next question that I was going to ask, actually, and based on what you're saying there, I think I know what your answer will be. But, but you know, should a print implant have have an MIS? Then, do you think that's that's an important thing to think about?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, we could not function as a business without an MIS. It would be impossible. I was given the question about 10 years ago, we were, we've been with Fasten since 2004, like I mentioned, and mm-hmm. there was a challenge from, from above, why are we paying X a year for this bit of software, what, you know, what's it for? And I was challenged to essentially create a system that would manage the print room using Excel. I spent four or five days doing that and I didn't even get as far as having a customer on a work ticket. It just took so long. So mm. absolutely it's, it's essential. It manages everything that we do. Um, for me, the start really with, with an MIS and why it's essential is it gives you a, a, a brand, it produces a quote letter, which is consistent. It is, it's probably a simple thing that people don't even, they take it for granted that an MIS will do that. Yeah. But if you receive a quote via email or even through the post, or you're given a sheet of paper with that written on, it it really makes the business look professional. I do on occasions get estimates back from other companies within Plymouth that are just emailed back with, with a number on, and that doesn't give me any confidence so even something as basic as that it, it brands you it brands your company it says look we're professional this is what you have got to pay it will list what the job is so you, everything's clear it communicates with the customer so yeah. from the start that that's that's tiny
1: tiny element of an mis is really essential absolutely um, because i think man- as a customer when you receive <laughs> that quote obviously naturally one of the first things that people will look at is what's the what's the price what, what yeah. you know I've, they know what they've asked for what is the price but then i think secondary to that I'm, I'm pretty you know from my experience as a print buyer as well is you then start looking at okay what is included in that price and, and by having that consistent format i think it, you're absolutely right aaron, aaron it, it helps helps them to see that you've thought thought of everything through and, and if there is anything missed uh, or, or included that they weren't expecting to be included, it, it allows you to then prompt that conversation, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. Um, as, a, as a manager, it, it basically gives me a snapshot of the business in real time, which is yeah. really important. Yeah. Um, work fluctuates. Some days we've got standard work in, we're coasting through the day. Other, other days we've got too much to do. That uh, That's the nature of print. Um, But that actually controls the chaos that could have happened. So as a manager, it's giving me reports. Thurston in particular will give me a report at the touch of a button and I can see exactly what's in, exactly at what stage a job is in. So for me as a manager, it allows me to move staff around, reprioritize certain jobs. Um, If a deadline's shifted, that will, and you input that into Tharsten, it will tell you. You know, it will it say this job has gone up the stack. You need to do this fast. Yeah. So for me, that that's essential. I could not do that on a spreadsheet. You can't, I've seen, I've been into some places where they've written it on a, a whiteboard. That's just fatal, really, with a <laughs> workflow. It's also visible to all staff through a fast and something called an IDC, which is where Operators actually log in, mm. so they're actually inputting into the MIS as well, and it gives it gives them ownership of what they're doing as well on the shop floor, and it it makes them feel like they're part of the wider business. So that that in itself is good. Mm. Like I said, we've been we've been with Arston since two thousand and four, so we've got all that data as well. Yeah. So if a customer phones me up and they're talking about a job and they're kind of describing it, I can sit. Typing keywords into the system, and I can kind of work out which job it was. It could be three or four years ago, and mm-hmm. that really puts confidence in our customers that you know they're special and that we we know them. Yeah. So that, that it helps them out as well, because quite often they can't remember what it was they ordered three years ago. Uh, we link that as well. We we can archive artwork and old oh, documentation to to the system as well which we can recall really quickly right. it just makes us look like we absolutely know what we're doing we do know what we're doing but it certainly helps it helps it helps the gray matter because i can't yeah. remember every
1: absolutely yeah over that period of time it just become very difficult did not it and i guess what i'm hearing there is it's allowing you to be responsive like right? Absolutely, you know, yeah. it's just, like you know, you, you could have the, this on whiteboards, you could have it in filing cabinets, and uh, you know, a whole archive of things, or even in spreadsheets. But it, 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 is, it sounds that that approach will, will take you more time to to find that and, and, and you know, look through. And obviously, it takes up, it can take up a lot of space as well. Whereas this is like one centralized area where it just sounds like you can be responsive and and professional for your clients.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've always forgot, I mean, I was asked, you know, what is what is this MIS system by a senior manager? And I, mm. I said, this is another member of the team. It's almost like having another member of staff that never forgets anything. Yeah. And when I explained it in those terms and how important it was to our workflows, and all of the business i think they they got that
1: yeah it's a really great way to look at it aaron as well and we we often um you know talk about technology um to to businesses and 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 kind of say you should treat your your technology like an employee um Mm -hmm. you know so um so from from assessing that that technology it's almost like an interview process so you should be talking to the technology vendors and and, and asking them lots of questions almost like an interview style but mm. but more importantly it's almost like we, we do suggest like put them on your organizational chart so that that technology is is like a, an employee it, it has a, a responsibility to someone and and just like you would do with an employee you review the performance you um, it, 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 you know, you, you want to nurture that performance um, and 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 get the best out of it. And so, I think when you put it in that context and start thinking of it like that, it's, it 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 brings brings a whole lot of difference uh, out of your technology because it's not something you just put in and then leave it in the corner to do its thing. Mm, it, it, yeah. It's something that you, yes, you, you can do that, but you'll get so much more out of it if you, like you just taught, thought there it, it is, think of it as a, as an as an an employee or a team, because effectively that that that's that technology could be the the equivalent of of multiple employees. So I, I think yeah, it's a really good point think. that you put there, and, and and I can see why when you when you've explained it like that, that somebody would have got it and gone. Oh, yeah, it's um, it, I understand what it does now, uh, it, mm-hmm. and it sound I like as well. Your focus on uh, that you you're talking about the customer experience, so it's like you know this is what the system gives our customers. It what it gives us as a business allows us to be professional, responsive, but it means our customers get a better experience too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, another thing briefly that it it does is it helps me to write business cases, which is invaluable. Uh, We recently invested in a latex machine, a latex printer from HP. And the basis of that purchase was how much have we outsourced and I, I got that information within two minutes. Whereas yeah. if we hadn't had an MIS, I would have been looking at some sort of purchasing system and trying to figure out which purchase orders were that type of job, which would have been an absolute nightmare. So yeah, not only is it, you know, an employee, it's also a, a project manager as well. So right. yeah. yeah, we could we we couldn't exist without 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 an
1: MIS at all. Yeah. I think you know, like you say there, it's the reporting capabilities of of, of having some kind of system that gives you that access to that information quickly and, and easily. And, and, you know that that's a great example there, where you've been able to to do some analysis and and go, actually, we're we're outsourcing this amount of work for this type of pro- um, service. So we could we could be bring that in house and make savings effectively. Yeah. And you know, I think I imagine equally important is is proving you know with with reporting capabilities what value you bring in, in you know to, to to that shareholder or to to the to the to the service. Yeah, um, You know, th- this is this is how many. Uh, what our not just simple, what our turnover is, and, and things, but this is what our profitability is. This is where it's coming from. The, you know, this is the mixture of income that we've got coming into the business. It's all them sort of things that.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Um, we don't we don't currently use a CRM model at all um, right. Mainly because we don't we're not quite there yet commercially. Hmm. Uh, but I can see that in the future being invaluable. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of our competitors would be looking at CRM, or they would probably have it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that's an avenue that I'm looking to yeah. maybe develop in the next yeah. twelve to
1: four, four to eighteen months. Yeah, and I, th- I think uh, CRM is 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 a real interesting area as well. It's such a uh, it's it such a vague term now and and means different things to different people. Um, you know, for some people, CRM is about sales pipeline and sales forecasting. Uh, for other people, it's about um, a management tool to, you know, as a salesperson, you know, to, for your sales team to to manage their activity and their, their day-to-day roles and, and what to focus on. And then for others, it, it can be about um, a, um, a marketing and customer profiling tool as well. Or it could be all, all of the above and, and lots of other things. But um, I, I always think there is value um, and, 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 and I've helped to implement several types of CRM systems in my lifetime, uh, from bespoke to off the shelf, uh, and and then also Tharson's own CRM as well, uh, and and other tools like HubSpot, which is you know a great marketing automation engine, and um, I, and I, I think. There is just great value in, in, first of all, that customer-centric view that that you can see everything about that customer in one place, not just um, the the contact information, which for some people, that's all a CRM system is. It's a a glorified um, uh, address book. Um, Uh but you know it's not just the contact information and the address and 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 details like that but it's also what 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 we've been doing with that customer how what in in this in this context how many quotes uh, you know all the quotes that we've sent to them the whole archive that uh, all the jobs that they've done uh, and live jobs at the moment whereabouts are are they up to or any any sales orders um, uh, so it's it's what activity we've been doing in terms of communications uh, how many meetings? You know, when when did we last have a meeting with them? When's the next action with them, and 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 things like that. And to be able to see that all in one central place, again gives great visibility, and and is a is a great starting point to then start thinking about well, actually, how can we start to use this for, for sales forecasting to manage our sales pipeline? How many missed opportunities are there where and um, we don't follow up on quotes. And and you know, that's something that always surprises me when you speak to a lot of businesses. It, it, you send sent quotes get sent out. But if you send out uh, 50 quotes in that day, how many of them are then followed up on, like actively followed up on? And a lot of businesses don't follow up on the or, and, and don't record if they've lost them and why you know why yeah. they've lost them. And I know that takes a bit of time and effort to do that, but but that if you follow up every every quote and and have the tools there to do that to make it easy to follow up, could, how how much could that increase your conversion by? Mm. It, you know, and if that increases conversion by one percent, two percent, five percent over the year, that starts to make a huge difference. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. And and there's lots of clever ways that you can use a CRM to I think I think to. To to make that a, a more automated um, process, it doesn't have to be all manual. That's cool. So um, it, it sounds like you know, it, it, leading on from there, we're talking about technology. So uh, we've talked about MIS as as one part of the technology, and and potentially CRM as as something else. What what um, are there any other kind of technologies that you found? Useful, Aaron, or or that you are thinking of?
2: Um, everything in the, in our print room. We're a completely digital print room, so mm-hmm. everything is run off software. Some of it's incredibly basic, and some of it's very complex. Uh, we've recently invested in a mail centric product uh, from one of our suppliers. Um, it's a essentially a gateway into into our mail service. It's been quite a long project because it's quite complex. It's it's very bespoke. It needs to be built from the ground up to service your customer base yeah. uh, because it deals with data protection uh, and GDPR issues. So obviously, that's vitally important that we get that right. And that's about to launch probably in the next three months. Um, what that's going to do is it's going to allow remote access to our mail service so this this has been about six years in the making from from my point of view um, when we transferred to delt in 2018 it it suddenly came up because we we've got a different model now where we invest to save previously under a council there just wasn't that investment money to put into it to start it off it just didn't exist okay. um so what that's going to do because mail is delivered by Royal Mail at the end of the process, that's going to allow us to produce mail items for anybody in the UK. So it doesn't matter where you are at the moment. We're physically restricted in terms of our regional location, which is in the far, far deepest, darkest reaches of the Southwest. So, you know, if somebody wants a thousand flyers and they're based in Aberdeen, we're never going to win that business because the transport costs just add too much onto that small value job whereas with, with mail it's it's all electronic it comes into us electronically and we print and post that out so that that's a that's a big technological investment that we've made on a day-to-day basis just using fiery is really sped up our production cycles. When mm-hmm. I started in 2004, we were a litho company mainly. We had some Xerox equipment, but it was really underutilized. Mm. But there was no there was no imposition technology at the start of that process. That was all done manually by a graphic designer. Yeah. So even something simple like ganging up a a compliment slip job on an SRA three sheet would have Required a graphic designer to impose that. Fiery in its current iteration, it would take you literally two or three seconds to do that. So mm. it's it is it speeds the whole process up, and that's essential. It's key in digital print. Yeah, it re, it reduces your overheads massively, and also the operator can impose their own work. They can see issues with the imposition from the start. Uh, Everybody, I think, that would have a digital press would have something like that at the front end. But but it is essential. Again, it's it's one of those things you don't really you take for granted. But I can see that moving on into the future as well, in terms of what it can actually do. There's 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 huge scope for Fiery to implement new features for that, and they update them very very rapidly. Mm. Uh, There's constant patches and I found that with Fiery, they've got an online forum. You can suggest things, and they do listen. They've got their development guys and girls on, on that forum, and you can yeah. directly talk to them on that forum. And a lot of it is, why have you done this? Why have you moved this here? Why? But <laughs> there is a lot of development that comes from the end user, and I think it's a great piece of technology. Yeah. Uh, similarly, we've got another another rip. On our large format uh, kit, which is um, Onyx, yes, and that's that's also fantastic. You you do need some print knowledge, Mm. but it's so intuitive and it's so visual that anybody, I think, after about an hour of training, can print, for example, like a banner, right? Okay, and put eyelet marks on it. It's so even I can do it, and I'm pretty. Tech phobic when it comes to things like
1: that. Well, for a person who's tech phobic, you certainly seem to uh, t- to uh, to to have a a lot of uh, involvement in it and, and making good use of technology. So that's that's great to hear. Um, so yeah, we, we've talked about kind of the use of technology, and you've touched on a few things that you're investing in there, Aaron. Um, what what are your plans for, for for growth? How are you going to expand as a business?
2: That, it's tough to think about that currently in the current climate because of covid because it's changed everything that we do um it's the world's closed down essentially so a lot of print work that we would normally be doing is stopped um so we've we've been forced really to diversify uh, in that area um one of, one of the things that we actually we invested in a latex printer uh that wasn't that was pre pre pre-covid the business case was was written uh but we actually bought it in june last year so it was during the during the lockdown the reason why we we didn't hold off on that investment was because everybody wanted signage all of a sudden so we, we produced a lot of signage for for offices um that were having people limited staff in that's obviously changed since probably the last six months of work from home becoming more prevalent. Um, We produced safety signage for the local football club so they could actually have fans in. Sadly, that again has ended. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. though, you know, in the next six to 12 months, the world will be reopening again. Uh, We actually invested in that bit of kit because Plymouth City Council that are our shareholder they put on a lot of events in the summer. Uh we it's a lovely city, Plymouth. It's it's a coastal city, it's a tourist destination. It's got an amazing seafront. If if people haven't visited Plymouth, please do. Um sponsored we've got, by the tourist board.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely.
2: Um, we uh yeah, we so we make use of of that seafront in Plymouth. So we have a lot of festivals, a lot of uh concerts, mm. and we've got some uh an event sadly that was postponed called Mayflower 400 uh, because Plymouth was the set-off point for the Pilgrim Fathers that traveled yeah. to America and um, that will happen at some point so essentially we invested in that bit of kit for that event mainly uh, but yeah. we found that we've, we've started to be able to produce some B2B work on it. There are some people that don't have that facility so we can mm. sell that. Um, nice. Like I said, we were outsourcing close to £70,000 a year um, on that kind of print work. So we've we've insourced an awful lot of that. That doesn't just give you extra income. It also gives you control over over the work that you do. It cuts down on a lot of administration because we deal with public money. Everything has to be audited completely. We have to raise purchase orders on software um another member of staff at Dell will have to pay an invoice. So it kind of cuts all, all that away. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a great investment and hopefully it'll fly next year. Um our operatives are receiving free training from CMYUK who are the supplier.
1: All right, yeah. Um,
2: so when that's when that option is available, i.e. people can travel, that that's going to be something that, that my two operatives will be embarking on. Um, I think that's that's amazing, really. That a, a supplier would support with with free training. Mm. I was very surprised. Uh, but uh, yeah, once once that happens, I think that cost yeah. center in our print room is really going to take off.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds. So it sounds like um, they, like I say it, it's not just about a cost saving exercise, but it, it, in terms of outsourcing costs. But it 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 takes away some administrative burden, um, and also opens up a, allows you to support a specific needs for your clients, but also opens up more opportunity for you as well. Which is, is really, really cool. Okay, you, you you touched on there as well about COVID, and it'd be remiss of me to to uh, to, to, to to seeing as we're in that 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 time at the moment to. To, to not ask the question, you know how how has, have you and the team, um, survived and, and 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 thrived through you know COVID? How did you how how have you approached it?
2: Uh, at the start, we completely shut down apart from myself, yeah, because we genuinely thought we would have nothing to do. Mm. So I, I I I worked in the in the print room pretty much alone for about a month. But then work started to trickle through because people needed signage, basically. Um, Also, we support the Plymouth City Council's need to post things out to their customers. So, it is example, businesses and members of the public that are receiving benefits. So a lot of the regulations changed. A lot of government initiatives trickled down into local authorities, things like business rate caps, business rate help. Um, people on benefits were provided more benefits. So there was a lot of communication and um, a lot of that is done via the post system. So that that changed really our our business rapidly in terms mm. of the capacity in our mail room was really tested at that point. Part that's part of the reason why we've invested in in mail centric software as well, because it was streamlined yeah. that. It's been tough. Income's gone down. We're doing completely different things. Like I said, with with businesses mostly being shut, Mm. that's a lot of work for print companies that isn't happening, Mm. which it it should be temporary. Um, But when that happens, you have to diversify. So we've got a courier service, for example. Um, There were constraints on... Other companies that we do business with where they couldn't deliver things because their staff are either shielding or off sick or furloughed even. We mm. we didn't furlough any of our staff. So our courier completely changed in that period. In normal times, they, they've they got a set route. They go to, from building to building. On a set route every day, it's always the same. They go to the same places, but that changed. So we had to rapidly diversify that service, which is really is part of the Doubt Shed services ethos that yeah. we're agile, that we change, yeah. uh, that we, when we're met with challenges and demands that we act yeah. and we need to do that quickly for our customers. So that, that's something as well that, that really changed. Um, other than that, I can't really think of anything else. I just hope it ends soon. And I, I imagine I'm not the only person.
1: Yeah. That feels yeah. that way. Yeah. Hopefully, there's white, white, white. Well, oh, yeah. I, hours, so. I
2: really miss printing stuff that's fun. Yeah. As much as a letter to a business saying, you know, your business rates, here's some business rates relief is vitally important for our customers. It's not the most fun thing to print.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. I understand that. Okay. And um, we talked as well. Actually, it, it prompted me as a, as a thought as we talked about. Um, treating, you know, you you, you presented to the MIS as a, as an, almost like an employee, and and about treating technology as an employee, and it just made me think actually about um, attracting uh, employees or, or talent into into the business. Mm yeah is that something you've you, you, you've you've as you've as you've grown over the years is that something you, you you've you've had to look at and or is it a challenge that you face uh, it,
2: it it's not a challenge to get people to apply for a job in our in our organization <laughs> we're really well established in the, in the region and we've got a great name as an employer mm. it's actually without sounding like an advert I think I've never worked for anyone like this company So that's not difficult. I think in my particular area, in the print world, it is difficult to get young people interested in print because it's seen as old fashioned. Mm, Um, mm. The amount of times I hear the word, oh, well, print's dying out, which is absolutely not true, but it is difficult. It's not, I think, you know, the end product can be quite impressive and glamorous, but the actual industry itself, doesn't it's is not the most attractive to you know a school leaver for example? They yeah. might look at that and think, why are they doing this? <laughs> but I mean, I absolutely support apprenticeships in the in the in the industry. I think that needs to be something going forward. To, I think the average age of a print worker is something like forty five. I might be wrong. Don't quote right. me on that. But yeah, it's I know. around about I've that. read similar, yeah. And that's that's. We, I mean, a 45-year-old, I'm 44, I'm 45 in June, I don't feel really old, I don't feel worn out and tired, but we need to get some young blood in. Uh, We've signed up to something at Doubt Shared Services called the Kickstarter Scheme, and that's a government initiative. It's not an apprenticeship. What that does is it allows people that are between the ages of 16 and 24 that are either long-term unemployed or at risk of being long-term unemployed. The opportunity to enter a workplace and then get paid for that as well. So it's not work experience, it's an actual job. Um, Those placements last for six months. So potentially, we signed up to that recently. Uh, My service is one of the services that will be offering that. So I'm really hopeful that we'll get some people in, get them interested in print. Uh, there are other businesses around. If we if we haven't got a position for them ourselves, there are other businesses. And I think getting your foot in the door, getting a little bit of experience is really invaluable. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we've had work experience, people in from various schools, and I've, it's always amazingly rewarding. It, it perks the place up to have someone young and enthusiastic through the door that's interested in what you do. And it's lovely teaching people. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I think as well, I, 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 there's a, a great phrase as well, that if you want to learn, teach. Absolutely. And so it's, it's through, through teaching and sharing with people that you actually start to learn more yourself as well. So it's a, it's a great approach to do. And, and I think, you know, that, 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 that is, a, is a challenge of, uh, that the whole industry print industry faces is, is attracting new talent into it and i think um often that's where technology can help um in, in terms of um doing cool things that attract people in but also um i guess it, to a degree it's it's modeled how we've developed our technology as well in terms of uh trying to uh take away the reliance of, 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 of The knowledge and experience of 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 estimators, of 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 production uh, specialists, um, and technicians to to put in that into the system, so that the learning curve, it's it's you know you're reliant on the system more than the than than the people, and the learning curve is, is is not as steep, so you can often to try and get people to you know trained up to estimate for example can be months and months and months of of, of training um uh, whereas you know we we try and modeled it to try and be more about that you can start to train them up and have them estimating within a couple of hours yeah. it's more about being able to just describe what the product is rather than thinking about how am i going to to, to manufacture this the system will do that for you
2: um, yeah, we're, yeah we're we're part way through with our current build for estimate pro yeah uh, and i can see that now i have operators in the print room that don't estimate but it's going to make their life so much easier it's going to free me free my time up as well to do other mm. things um it yeah like you say it, it as long as you put the right thing in at the start, it will give you the right outcome. Mm. Um, When I started in 2004, we were strictly just litho in terms of our estimating. I didn't come in as an estimator. I just accidentally happened to become one just through (laughs) circumstance. And it was mind blowing.
1: Yeah, what, it's, not, what, it's not the first time the, I've heard that. <laughs> that kind of story. <laughs> I stepped uh, left instead of stepping right. <laughs>
2: yeah, my, well, my attitude really at the time as well, it's only a bit of paper. How complicated can that be?
0: <laughs>
2: but the knowledge that I, I gained from a, a quite a senior estimator who's since retired was absolutely invaluable. Mm. And I'm still learning today, even, you know, 16, 17 years on, with estimating it's it's a dark art but something like estimate pros really putting shedding light on that is it's, it's not a dark art anymore if you've got the right
1: tool to, mm. to estimate a job that's good cr- that's good too. that's good okay so I, we've covered such a a broad range of topics there but it's it has been really really interesting to to kind of see the journey that you've been through and and, and how. How proactive you've been in that as well, Aaron? You know, um, and, and taking that that journey from being a, a public um, print plant to a, to a to a shared service is really interesting story. When when we started off, though, I mentioned as well. Actually, just thinking that that, that about how you kept on popping up in the LinkedIn profile and and uh, you know in the newsfeed and stuff, and I thought actually really love to talk to Aaron about about your journey. So, uh, but so, so you you're quite active on social media. What what's your do you feel that has a, a value to play and role to play? in, in...
2: absolutely, yeah, I, I enjoy it. That's that's one thing you need to do. Mm. I mean, if you're going to be using social media, you need to enjoy it, and you need mm. to talk to the you're you're not just talking to the world. You're talking to your peers. Yeah, you're talking to your colleagues as well. So I often when you know when i speak to people internally at delt they'll often say oh i saw that thing that you posted or i loved the video or oh that was really good so it's good fun and it should be fun i mean done in the right way it builds yeah. relationships obviously there's massive perils and pitfalls of social media which we we see on the news quite often but done the right way it, it's a tool to build relationships definitely um, yeah you can you can get your word out instantly it's small as well not everybody has the time to sit and watch a documentary for 2 hours these days so mm. you know a 10 minute a 10 second video or a small post with a picture is bite sized people can just flip past that on their phone yeah yeah uh, in terms of for me how social media is help the business. It's helped me connect with other people within Plymouth in particular that also own businesses in my area, in the print area. So it's given me a lot more value at work because I don't feel like I'm alone. When I was Mm. in an implant, I was the print guy in the basement and that's (laughs) all I was. Whereas now I feel part of kind of like a community of printers Mm. some are our competitors some are business customers but that sense of community is really valuable and important i think it keeps people passionate about what we do because it's important yeah. i feel that print is incredibly important obviously yeah um, but they're kindred spirits at the end of the day and it's lovely to catch up with people and just talk shop because not everybody's interested in yeah print, and it is yeah, really no, absolutely nice. When I I get home at the end of the day and I sit with my children and my partner and we're eating, if I start to talk about print, (laughs) it's just pointless. So it's just lovely to to talk shop. We've got business from it as well, which is obviously on a business side, that's great to get business. Um, The one thing that I don't like about social media is the constant sales spamming. Mm. So if you're on LinkedIn, be careful who you request a, a mm. connection from, because nine times out of ten, if you don't know them, they're going to try and sell you something that you've
1: already got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it's really important. Way. I think when you when you look at look at LinkedIn, um, it, it's like when you get connection requests into it's seeing it, are are they connected to other people that you know? Yeah, exactly. Are they? And you can very quickly make if if your profile is done right as well make a snapshot of uh, is this person going to be of interest to me uh, uh, you know in my sphere and i I like what you said there about that community thing because i think that is really important and also how how it's um business growth to to grow your business um uh, you, you need to be aware of your customers or potential and potential customers your potential partners and potential partners, and and com, who your competitors are as well, and and I think that is it, is, is a great way to do that, um, to to kind of get a feel for what's going on, uh, and, and and kind of connect with other people. So I think it definitely just have a a value and a, and a place. Uh, I agree with you, Aaron in, in in kind of business attracting new business and and just being part of the community as well. Cool, and and for for anyone who hasn't, I think we'll we'll put it in the in the uh, in the notes for the show as well. Uh, Your LinkedIn profile and some of the links to the to the articles as well. Uh, Just definitely uh, uh, that you've done definitely a good read uh, uh, from the public sector to a shared service in twelve months. I've thoroughly enjoyed reading. Um, You you should uh, you can uh, it's a misplaced um profession there it should be it should be into writing so uh, Aaron, thank you very much for 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 joining us today it 's been really interesting to talk to you um uh, if anyone would like to connect with you then uh, we'll put your details in the show, show notes um and if, if anyone's got any questions or ideas um, of, of things that you'd like to cover in uh, the Inspired podcast, then please do get in touch. Uh, if you've liked uh, and, and enjoyed the show, please please uh, remember to like it and, um, and share it and tell people about it. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks a lot, Aaron.
2: Thank you very much, Ross.